0: Welcome to Rosters to Riches, NIL's biggest topics from athletes, brands, and collectives. I'm your host, Matt Moscona, joined alongside, as always, by Jonathan Pixley of Matchpoint Connection. When NIL first went live, July 1st of 2021, LSU made a big splash in the Big Apple. With Olivia Dunn and other athletes in tow, LSU did a photo shoot with an NILSU billboard in Times Square announcing LSU was open for business. Donor dollars, however, didn't immediately follow in Baton Rouge, which is when personal injury attorney Gordon McKernan, a lifelong LSU fan, decided to take matters into his own hands. It was McKernan who did a deal with star wide receiver Kayshaun Booty and started to form what he called The G Team, a long roster of NIL athletes at LSU and other schools throughout the state of Louisiana representing many different sports. McKernan has been so interwoven into LSU's NIL culture, in fact, that when Kim Mulkey and the women's basketball team had their national championship celebration, Mulkey rode in McKernan's convertible in their parade through campus. In today's episode, you'll hear from Gordon McKernan, the reasons he got into the NIL space, what his ROI has been, and where he sees NIL going. Could you have uh, ever imagined being involved in NIL the way you are? No, not at all. At what point did this become a thing? Did you have a Did you have a light bulb moment? Um. Yeah, I think I've had a few where,
1: where the dots connect. And, um, you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, kind of a marketer, um, sometimes you go into something, you don't know how to work, but when you make that gamble or that guess or you push the chips in, and over a period of months, you see it all culminate together. So, Kim's probably the best example, right? I've tried it with several things, but she comes to town, I meet with her, immediately I connect like her, like her her brand, her style, her belief system, and say, all right, you know, I want to be a part of this, because you're going to win, and I want to be on the ground floor first to the door, and um, I think this would be good for my business, and then to watch it unfold and culminate as quickly as it did, um, yeah, there were some light bulb moments where I kind of raised a glass with my wife and go, <laughs> that was fun. That was fun to actually, you know, it's like whether you're in, in, in sports, you're designing a play that you think... We do this early in the first quarter. We'll get them on this late in the game. You set them up. Yep. Right? We see it all the time down in yep. football and basketball. It was kind of that. I, I, I saw it in my mind, and it worked out. And it was a you know driving her in the parade and all that
0: happening was like, yeah. You know, uh, so many people have, I, I think, people who live in, in the, the Baton Rouge community or even just in the state, they've seen your commercials. They've right. seen you on billboards. And certainly – NIL has exposed a new version right. of you, for lack of a better phrase. Can we go back, though? Mm-hmm. I, I, wa- I want to go back and do the origin story to, mm-hmm. to then get us up to present day. Sure. So if I say, okay, who are you? Where did you come from? Like, give me the yep. – go, go back. Go back. Yeah. Who is Gordon? Where did you come All right. from? So uh, born and
1: raised here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My father came to uh, Baton Rouge on an LSU basketball scholarship. A lot of people didn't know that. He played at Miami High um, – Uh, Thompson, the great Laker, who was the all-time leading scorer. Michael Thompson? Yeah, Yeah. until he he broke that record. Um, So he was a really good athlete, came up here. And um, so that kind of brought our family here, so to speak. And I was just raised in a home of LSU sports and athletics and competition. And uh, my dad was was very uh, much into that, into everyday testing yourself, competing against yourself, um, how can we make it more adverse or, or tougher in whatever you're going to do? So that mindset's kind of always been in me. And uh, I wasn't um, – I was a good athlete. I wouldn't say I was a great athlete. But I, as a child, I had some different challenges that I had to overcome from some, some different things that, that put a little piss and vinegar in me, a little, <laughs> little fire in the belly. Uh, when, you're, when you're not picked first or second or you picked last in elementary school sports activities because I had some – some eye issues that I I had bad depth perception and uh so you were
0: the last kid standing on the wall waiting to be picked Uh, it's it's
1: a (laughs) it's a true story let me tell you and uh you know I can remember in a third grade little event I was the last one picked but the teams were even so let's say there was 13 of us it was supposed to be a 6-6 team and I was 13 Mm. I was the 13th and neither one would take me and they ended up fighting over who would not take me (laughs) and uh and it was largely due to my my eye issue that I had several surgeries on young that you I couldn't I couldn't pick up depth mm. of a ball coming towards me. So I might strike out or miss it and kick ball. But it was pretty fast and a good athlete, but boy, I was driven. Let me mm. tell you what. When when you're 13 and nobody wants you, you get you get uh you get motivated. So just kinda always had that and born and raised, went to U High and met my high school sweetheart there and um I went to LSU and
0: been a part of the community and raised my family here and, you know, love, love this community. You have, like, great LSU memories. Like, when I say, what, are you, what do you remember, like, your, most, your fondest memories, kid um, or the, watching LSU athletics? Yeah,
1: so uh, jumping to basketball real quick, um, watching um, uh, the first kind of big uh, Dale Brown with Dwayne Scales and Rudy Macklin and that Howard Carter and that whole crew. My dad actually was Howard's agent. When he went to the pros. So oh, I was nice. involved in that and watching that whole era unfold. Um, and that was a wild era. That was, that was interesting times the way that <laughs> the way that things went on under the table and over the table back in that day, it was just a little different going into the locker room after a game. Um, and I had access to that because of my father. And then going into the eighties and watching, um, you know, Shaquille and the two towers arrive and then watching Chris Jackson. And that was different. You know, when he showed up and what he could do with a basketball and the 50-point games, um, those were very fond basketball memories, kind of those three. And then if you jump to football, um, beating Florida um, that back in the late 90s, that was a big yeah. deal. Um, my good friend Jamie uh, Howard, that's a bad memory that stays in there. Love him to death. We don't talk about it often, but, you know, the interception game. Against Auburn in 94. Yeah, you kind of remember where you were, right? Oh, yeah. You know, in the Birdcage Lounge in Grand Hotel at Point Clear, Alabama, and watching that unfold, me and my dad, and just the misery that
0: we lived through for that one, right? You know what I tell Jamie, though, is that people always remember the interception game in 94. For those who don't know, LSU was up big on Auburn on the road, and I think it was four – Pick sixes, right, but we six. kept throwing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, move on. Yeah. <laughs> but '95 yeah. was bring back the magic against yeah, Auburn. That's right. Yeah. yeah, which was 12 to six, yeah. which is one of the great yeah. wins right. in yeah. Tiger Stadium history over over top 10 Auburn. Yeah. And uh, I I remember that one yeah. way more fondly yeah. than we were trying to think yeah. about '94. Yeah, the,
1: the earthquake game, obviously, uh, one of the years when we were early on uh, throwing the oranges on the field when we we're going the orange well, bowl. Florida Backed State. It, yeah, it used to mean something. Um, another big one was my sister dated Benji Thibodeau, who was an off, a defensive lineman. We are playing USC and lost 17-12 to 12 on, the fa- on the brush of the face mask. Mm, and, 1979. Uh, yeah, sure. and, uh, you know, so Benji comes to our house afterwards, and he is a broken man because he's just wow. cost us the, the victory against, against uh, USC, and he's blaming himself. And that was an interesting night to watch a grown man. You know, he's all SEC and got drafted. But just to be broken like that—that yeah. that was so
0: you know that—that's a that's pretty fascinating. Like, we could probably do a whole episode just on that that game oh, too. That whole yeah, Charles that, White was a running back and Marcus Allen. Yeah, that, yeah it was, I mean that t, uh, yeah. Anthony Munoz, Ronnie yeah. Lott. Oh I mean, that gosh. was a, a great, a pretty episode. good yeah. team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really good team.
2: So whenever we, uh, I'm, I'm glad you transitioned into uh, LSU memories because I've always wondered what somebody who witnessed that and okay, so you had behind the scenes access, yeah. right? What would NIL have been like oh, back in the days of Ethan Martin yeah. and Howard Carter and Dwayne Scales? And by the way, some super cool nicknames oh, for those guys the back then. That probably had double meanings, but nonetheless, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyhow, yeah. What 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 do you think it would have been like back then, all the way up through probably Shaq and Chris Jackson? Yeah,
1: they, they may have taken a pay cut. I'd have to think. <laughs> you know, they, but wait, I'm cu- I'm
0: curious, Counselor. The statute of limitations, which seemed to have expired. Yeah, you were talking about some stuff in the early '80s. I kind of wanted to explore that a little bit. <laughs> it would have been. I, I, there
1: were some huge personalities then. I mean, just bigger than life personalities, and the way they just lived their lives. I think it would have it would have been a lot of fun to have those. Those guys out there moving services and products for people, um, they would have done it really, really well. They were a fun, fun group of guys, especially think about Shaq. <laughs> yeah. Shaq is, you know, doing some, something in NIL in the mid-80s, what that would have been like. It would have been over the top. Yeah.
0: You, uh, real quick, you, you mentioned your dad was, was an agent. Give me the backstory, though, of how you became an attorney. Right. Was that always your your plan, your dream, your goal? I think it was somewhere in there. You know, you've got to flirt with other things,
1: and and uh, I worked for some doctors in college, so I was kind of thinking pre med for a little while. But just having grown up in the business, so to speak, with my dad, he had a much smaller practice, a handful of lawyers, but was very very successful and very good at it. Um, just being exposed to it and watching him and prepare for trials and things like that always intrigued me. So it didn't take me long to write the ship towards being a lawyer in, in college. So yeah, it was just a tremendous, tremendous influence on me watching him. Did you always, uh, did you know what type of law you wanted to practice? Well, the only one I exposed to my dad was an injury lawyer. Right. So I just, I knew that I knew he, he represented people as he would say who couldn't represent themselves. They didn't have the means to step up into a court of law and get it that far. They don't, they don't have the money. I mean, it costs money to get there. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, he always kind of sided with that, with that type of humanity, right? The people who are less fortunate, who can't do those things. So that was really all I knew. Mm.
0: Is there i um, I'm just kind of set up, because I, I want people to kind of know you right. a little bit. Then we're going to talk a lot about the NIL space. But is, is there a point definitively where... You know, talked about light bulb moments a bit ago, but where you decided you were going to go so heavy into marketing...
1: Your your practice? Yeah, th- there was a uh, there was a point. Um, it was around 2007 or so, and I've told this story to a few people. But um, I received a call from a former client, and um, she said, "Like I've been in an accident, and I'd like you to represent me. You know, you you helped me a few years back, did a great job." And I said, "Oh, well, well, wonderful. You know, happy to help you. Um, tell me about it." And then she goes, "Well, you know, I hired this other attorney here in town." And I'm like. What do you mean you hire another attorney? I mean, when the accident happened, oh, you know, six nine months ago, but that attorney's not doing a good job. They're not talking to me and those type things. I'm like, well, hold on. Hold on. Didn't I do a, a really good job? For oh, you did a great job. You <laughs> did everything well. So well, why'd you hire this other attorney? Well, because I was sitting there injured after the accident, and he, and he came on TV. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, he came on TV. So I, the number popped up, so I called that number. I said, but we did a great job for you. Yeah, you did, but it just kind of came up, and so I called it. And literally, I walked out of my office into my father's office. And, you know, at this time, he's mid to late 60s, kind of passing to a different point of his life. And I said, like, I got to go a different direction, you Mm -hmm. know, or we got to go a different direction because what we're doing is great, but it's not reaching the people like it used to. It used to be word of mouth completely, and you trusted, and you asked your neighbors and friends, and that's how you got a lawyer. But it had evolved. And uh, he was gracious enough to say, well, that's not for me, but you go ahead and, start doing it and I'll support it. And uh, from there, we, we launched in 2007 or eight, somewhere in there, about 15 years
2: now. And then it's grown to this. So at the beginning, whenever you decided to go heavy into the marketing space, uh, and I'm, wanna, I'm gonna transition into the NIL world as well, but how much of it at the beginning was, let's just throw mud against the wall and see what sticks versus yeah. actual strategy?
1: It was probably a little bit of both. And a funny little story the, the very first week of, of advertising, I got a call from a lady and she said, like, I've been hit by a truck or a bus or something, and I want to hire you. So, oh, great, you know, we've been on TV one week, and it's a big case. I mean, she's in the hospital, mo- multiple broken bones. And um, I said, Well, great, you know, why'd you decide to hire me? And she goes, Oh, I just flipped a coin between you and and Morris Bart, I hired you. <laughs> and so I was like, wow, well, this is pretty easy, right? And the very first week, I knew I had a case in my inventory that was going to pay for my year's worth of advertising. Wow. And I'm like, wow. oh, this is, this is easy. We're going to keep doing this. And uh, it took a lot longer than I thought because that was just a, a blip. <laughs> didn't happen like that every week. It took a while to build it and then just keep building. It. But there was, at first,
2: I didn't know what I was doing. I was just throwing it against the wall. And then from there, I've learned strategies. So from there, okay, so... Y- Obviously, you've become a, an expert in the marketing field. Um, when you decided to get involved in the NIL space, was it? did you see similarities right out the gate? It's like, okay, we've done things like this before, or was it a whole new world to you?
1: Um, you know, I, it, it's one of those things, that it's hard to define. I just know there was an opportunity if you're first to market, right? I kind of believe in that, Every, a decent amount of marketing books and business books, but first to market's a big thing, right? And so I'm watching it develop and uh, kind of on the sidelines and saying, well, is anybody else gonna do this? And not only no other lawyers were doing it, but really no other businesses were doing it.
0: And I'm like- he, in, in Baton Rouge, yeah, in around Baton LSU. in yeah.
1: around all this general, this is our, our largest market, you know, um, that we're in. So I was like, wow, everybody's on the sidelines. No, one's, no one knows what to do, but I know if I can get there, First to market, it's going to be great. And um, so that was kind of the strategy, being first to market, and then just jumping in the pool and going, all right, I'm going to do it. And I also try to do things that are against the grain, right? Whether it's investing or marketing, if you can do something that everybody else is not doing, you stand out above, above the clutter and the noise. So well, I'm going to go to a women's basketball player, right? And it happened to be, I'd met with Kim a few months earlier and kind of got interested in her program. So why not Women's basketball, get people scratching. Why is he doing that? You know, a whole different segment. And it just, from there, it just blew up. Was that the first NIL deal that you did? Lexus Morris, yeah. Early December of whatever that was, 2021, I guess. So December.
0: So NIL went live in July of 2021. Right. At this point, your law firm has been advertising 15 years. And and for those who are not in, in our market listening to the podcast, like, you can't like you have blank this is very intentional. You have blanketed this market. I mean, right. there's if it's billboards, if it's buses, if it's radio, if it's television. I mean, you the the g you have right. you have marketed a letter, right? You have successfully branded a letter right. your your office building right, right on the interstate, the big inflatables, like yeah. the flags. It's everyone knows it. It's been it's been brilliant, and I would imagine it's been very expensive as well. So, (laughs) what which I do want to talk about um, as 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 much as you're willing to. But so you've you've done all of this wildly successful marketing, branding a letter, and and branding yourself. Why first to market is something, but I think every marketer also understands you have to see the opportunity for a return. Mm -hmm. Why was there an appeal or a thought for a return? marketing to, a, with a, a NIL deal with a women's basketball player?
1: Yeah, I, I think somewhere in there, there's, there's a combination of factors. There's a, a love for LSU, right? And I knew this was just the first stop. If I, I'm going to do women's basketball, eventually it's going to lead me to men's football, right? The great love of so many of us here in this community. Um, so I knew this was just the gateway, the pathway, through women's, LSU women's basketball to get there. Um, you know, when, when I started asking around, I said I want to do women's basketball, start trying to figure out which, which player and, and the Alexis Moore story was an interesting one to me. The, you know, kind of the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter, the lost sheep, redemption, all those things as a Christian, right? And having a faith, you begin to immediately understand what redemption and how that factors into our lives. So immediately I was drawn to that. An underdog coming home, trying to redeem herself, to her coach, right? And, and look, I'm worth taking that chance on. That immediately spoke to me. I said, look, I wanna be a part of that, right? I wanna support that narrative, that story. I thought it was great to do it. And then that also got me access, so to speak, to Coach Mulkey's program, right? She's beginning to watch me and she'll, she'll tell people, like, I, you know, I made you date me for a long time before I signed that contract.
0: <laughs> she will flat out
1: say that, right? I just, I didn't, I, I'd heard about you. <laughs> But you know, it's you, a lot of flash out there. I want to make sure you're a man of substance, and I checked you out. And she did. I mean, she she put me through the hoop, so to speak. She did not make it easy to sign that <laughs> to sign that line. Um,
0: so you sign a, a deal with Alexis Morris. Mm-hmm. Was Kayshawn Booty your first football yeah. deal? Yeah, he was my second. My second uh, signing
1: about about a month later.
0: Yeah, can. Can you walk us through that decision? Because sure. that, that was, okay, the LSU football season ends. Right. And there was a lot of conversation about Kayshawn kind of being lured legally, illegally. Don't know. All right? right. Like, I'm, I'm yep. being full disclosure. I, I don't know. There was conversation that he was looking at maybe transferring to Alabama. Right. So where, where do you come into all, all of this, the Kayshawn thing?
1: Yeah, we, we just come through that season. It wasn't the best season. And, uh, you know, we have Kay as the projected star player for us that following year. And I think he meant a lot to the team at that time. Right. And, um, we're, we're duck hunting in, in a place we go to with several of my family and several of my attorneys. And it's right before Christmas and the story is breaking. and I'm starting to reach out to different people and saying, this is true. And and uh, you get a, a bunch of males together with guns and, and <laughs> booze, testosterone starts flowing, right? And I start getting poked. And my, my brother-in-law, Mark Field, Dr. Field, who is the LSU team medical director now, mm-hmm. he took Dr. Bankson's place. He started poking me. You know, like, Someone needs to step up, you know, and he starts, Why, you know, you ought to be the guy. And you, what, you can't afford it? You know, he just, he's poking me and poking mm-hmm. me. And so from that... I just sat in, started reaching out going, all right, someone get me to this guy. Let me, let me, let me talk to Kayshawn. Let me see what's going on. Because I, I just, it was something, you know, Coach Saban, when he was here, was very smart. He said, we're going to build a wall around Louisiana. None of our guys are going to get out. Then we're going to go pick up a few. And for him to now come in and breach and that wall and take <laughs> our best player, uh, yeah, I, it didn't sit well with me. It was, got very personal very quickly for me that, no, you're not going to do that. We're going to send a message that, Louisiana's best aren't for plucking, right? And this is, I have no idea if it was true, but I'm being told that that was going on. And so from that point, reach out to Kayshawn. We got a meeting with his dad and uh, we negotiated and they, 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 they leveraged me, you know, <laughs> they certainly did. They, they were, they were, mm. they were uh, more advanced in their negotiations than I thought they would be in terms of knowing how to,
2: how to, you know, put a thumb on something. So, you you have to tell the story because I think pretty soon thereafter you walked into a local restaurant yeah. and got a standing ovation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just talk <laughs> talk us through that, please. Yeah,
1: yeah. So <laughs> you know that was an emotional signing, in on and you know I, I thought maybe at some point people might appreciate it, but I thought that would be years and and many many signings later. Because look, let's be honest, right? The the guy on the billboards, the guy doing all the stuff I do sometimes, sometimes people may not think well of that guy, right? (laughs) Just saying, right? They're like, wow, what a, you know, gosh, what does he think about himself? He likes himself a lot, right? Just all those other things. And you put my industry as an injury lawyer, some people don't respect that or like that. So we're not in thought of as in, in, in good fashion. Maybe we're just above used car salesmen, right? I mean, we're, we're down there. And, um, I thought maybe, um, by doing this a byproduct, a return might be that there's some goodwill generated for my company, for myself, for my profession. And uh, shortly after that, what what Pix is speaking about happened, right? People were very appreciative that someone at least entered the fray to start the NIL going at LSU. And uh, since then, that goodwill, that that reception that I get has improved. I mean, I, I can feel it, and people come up to me at tables now and just say, I want to thank you for, for doing what you're doing, right? So that's a good thing, business return for, for my business, right? Just people thinking better of us.
2: So I, I'm really glad you brought up that angle because um, I've had a lot of business owners ask us at, at Matchpoint, well, where's our ROI, right? Where, where is this, that, the other? And um, then the collective comes into the fray. And, okay, well, well, how do you get ROI from donating to the collective? Uh, speak on the fact, because you just really talked about it, but speak on the fact that, and, and this is the way I present it, if LSU is good, and I don't think anybody in a room in Baton Rouge right. or, the, or the state would, would say speak against this, if LSU is good in right. football and other sports, the economy is better. It is. People go to church on Sunday. They They go to work on Monday. Like everything is better. How how have you seen that?
1: Yeah. I I would, I would tell the, the local business owners that, um, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. Right. So that's what you're speaking of when people we're just spending more, right? You win, you go out to the, a restaurant that night, you're going to buy a little nicer bottle of wine. You're going to, order a little bit more food. You're going <laughs> to shop for better outfits for the next game. It lifts everything, right? So that's great, first thing. But secondly, if you're associated with that through a player or players, and they're saying, oh, your business supports that. I, I bleed purple and gold. That goodwill does flow to you. And I'm, I've, I've seen some businesses, but I would think that more would do it. I don't know why. Still, they're not doing it. It's mm-hmm. not as expensive as you think. And it's not as time consuming as you think. And I would just encourage Align yourselves with stories and players that you
0: like and, and align them to your business. When you did the first deal with Alexis and then you did did the deal with Kayshawn, uh, did you have can you remember having in, in your mind a a roadmap at that point? How many deals do I want to do? How much money do I want to spend oh. quarterly, annually? Like, did you have that then? No, no, not
1: really. But um, my wife would tell you and my family would tell you that I I don't enter something gently, right? (laughs) I don't just tiptoe. There's a saying that I've lived by for a long time. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing, right? Mm -hmm. So I just knew it'd be big. Uh, I'm just not going to not go in, right? Whether it's billboards or swag rooms or whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to try to do it to the most, right? To the superlative. So I knew it was going to be a lot and I, I didn't count on it being as much as it is I just knew I'm, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna enter the space until someone else does mm-hmm. and what happened is largely is no one else would enter the space right so now I'm first to market and I'm kind of only in the market so from a business standpoint you're gonna stay there as long as you can right if no one else is pushing you out and you're getting goodwill in return you're gonna stay there
0: so you said you knew it was going to be big but I, I'm this is what I'm trying to work through. So in if you don't mind disclosing this, sure. in a year, let's say mm-hmm. in, in 2021, how much did your firm have allocated for marketing? Uh, for 2021? So what
1: is that? That was a year post-COVID, right? Correct. Yeah, because remember COVID happened, and, and everybody's marketing budget went from 100% to 10%. Right. Literally, we we slashed
0: everything. I'm right. in radio. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know what I'm
1: talking about. It all of a sudden slashed. And then... Uh, so 2021 we're building back our marketing once we see it. Um, but I would imagine in 2021 we were probably going to be right under 20 million. Um, we would have, in 20 in 2020 COVID year we were projected to be over 20.
0: Okay, I was going to ask 20. Sometimes yeah. like in our industry we'll go we'll go one year pre-COVID. So we right. look at 19. So 19, yeah. 19 would have been in that was range. probably
1: uh, 18 to 19 million. 20 before COVID hit it was gonna, probably going to be 21 22. Then we slashed it. And then mm-hmm. so back in 21, we built it um, back to about 20 million. Now we're probably, this year will probably be 23, 24 million. So, when,
0: if you're doing, let's just use a round number and say 20 million. Right. You're doing 20 million annually in marketing. Right. right. Okay. That certainly makes you among, if not the biggest marketer in this market. Right. Yep. Um. You were on the record at one point saying year one, you spent somewhere between three quarters of a million and a million in, in NIL right. deals. Is yes. that accurate? Yep. Is that a large number? <laughs> I mean, well, it's it's relative. But to you,
1: is that a large yeah, number? Yeah, that, that's a large number. I mean, that's a nice chunk of your, of your marketing budget, right? When you think about it, I could go and buy 400 more billboards or 300 more billboards right. or whatever it would be or this many more TV commercials or this many more paid searches or this much more radio. You're, uh, you know, it's not infinite, the the marketing dollars we have, although sometimes my marketing director and I feel like we just, <laughs> we'll try that. Let's do this. And and uh, dang, if most of the stuff we try doesn't work. So I, I, I always tell them I don't mind trying anything once in marketing, right, mm-hmm. whether it's an idea, a program, a project, a new medium. I'll do anything once, literally anything. Um, and And I always kind of that, right? There was a combination of your love for school and there was a combination of your Let's see
0: what it'll do for our business. How many, and picks you could probably jump in on this as well from the match point side, how many NIL deals have you done to date? And if you do, do,
1: do either of you know it <sighs> No, off-hand? I don't. Because, no. you know, we, we also branched a bunch. out. Yeah, a yeah. bunch. We have, we have uh, offices all across the state, right? So if there is another local story in Monroe or in Lafayette or in Lake Charles um, that appeals to us, we sign players at other universities. So... I can't recall, but it's probably fifty plus
0: deals, easy. Okay, probably closer to seventy. So fewer, more than fifty, fewer than a hundred. Right. So just just for context, I mean, it's I don't think right. it, it's just, just trying to paint the picture to right. give people context. Are you gonna? Are, are, is the plan to continue that seven fifty to a million you spent year one? Is the plan to continue adding to that the same way you just described how you continue increasing your marketing budget annually by mm-hmm. if it's you know would it 10%, 20%, yeah. whatever it may be. I,
1: I would think we'd kind of be in that same area. And picks can probably talk to this as well. The, I think that the landscape is changing a little bit within IL, meaning at first it was just, you know, the dam breaking and everybody rushing to get players and, and players commanding outrageous amounts and things like that. I, I, I sense it and talking to, uh, I deal with McKenzie a lot with, with Matchpoint, talking to her, you can sense a a little bit of a pullback that maybe some of the outrageousness that was associated with some of these demands in amounts that they were seeking is starting to kind of come down a little bit. Not saying you're still not going to get the Arch Mannings and five-star quarterbacks when they go to SC or Texas aren't still going to get crazy money, but you do have a sense that things are receding. So I don't think the inflation is going to continue to hit it to the degree it has. And you also have the collectives coming in and being established and supporting it. So- I wouldn't think that I would necessarily increase. I think we'll be smarter too. Mm-hmm. I mean there's there is definitely a, a, a more focused attack we would do. I probably won't sign as many players. I'll go after more quality players.
2: Um, you know, the the, the people who move the needle, so to speak, on the mm-hmm. weekends. It, it is interesting you bring that up because I think part I think it's twofold the, the reasons why it will kind of come back to the fray. Number one, I do believe the federal government is going to get involved because yeah. Charlie Baker is is begging for right, it, right? right. And yep. I think he's got the ear. And the other part is um, a lot of the numbers that have been thrown out there are false. Yeah. I mean, they're not even close. And, are. you know, I mean, you look at what happened at Texas A&M. Right. And, you know, I don't know how much was true, how much wasn't true. But if those numbers were true and right. you still lost as right. many kids as they lost, I just yep. don't see that as, it's as sustainable. It's Yeah. yeah.
0: That's one of the big questions that I think we have with NIL is, is the sustainability and how much does the market settle? Right. Uh, you did also bring up, whenever you did the deal with Kayshawn, how you were first to market, how no one was really willing. And it's, it's interesting because at a place like LSU, with a, a big, enormous brand, and means so much, mm-hmm. it, it has been slow. It was slow for the collective to get organized and get moving do do you see merit in contributing to a collective as opposed to doing deals on your own? Yeah. Well, well I do
1: both. I do contribute to the collective. of one of the founders of it. I, I do think it's an important thing. You have to have it, right? You just, if you're going to compete in a Power Five school, especially the SEC, you better have a collective that is organized and well funded, or you're you're not going to be competing for long. It's just the way it is now. You have to have it. Um, so. My, my encouragement is to other you know, supporters of LSU or whichever university you support is to be involved in your local collective. Uh, will not compete without it. Um, so I do do that. But I, I, if you have a business that can, especially a service business or a local small product or retail business, I mean, you just reach out, do a little bit, get someone on your social media, just
2: something like that. It, it's easier than you think and, and do both of them. Mm. How many... Uh, and I know, at, at, especially at the beginning, when it did seem like you were the only one involved, right. and, and kind of were uh, to agree uh, to a degree in this market, how many times, how many athletes were reaching out to oh, you, yeah, asking? Now it,
1: it a lot. I mean, it's it's died off some. I still get it every week. I mean, you get one or two. You know, either it's an agent or a handler or the athlete themselves still reaching out. But at first, it was uh, it was. I had to hire a, a college intern to try to help with all of it and field the inquiries and, and talk to the players. And we still have a small little, we have a little NIL department inside the, inside the company now.
2: And, and did you, I guess, at, at a point, did, did you start to realize, wow, I'm really kind of the only one doing this? Yeah. And then did that cause you to start to reach out to other business owners around the area and say, look, in order for us to, to do this, even though – it was great that you were the right. one, you know, the right. the savior, so to speak. I mean, talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, I did. And I just think there's just a, you know, if you're not in advertising largely every day, right, like I am, and the face of the advertising, you go to a, another local business guy who does some real subtle advertising, but he's not on billboards and all that, it's not as easy for him just to jump in and say, all right, we're going to go advertise and market with this player, right? It's just a slower more cautious approach. So um, definitely talk through some owners through that to get them involved to some degree. So um, that's happening. But it, it, I think it just it has to continue to be pumped out there. And I don't you know I don't know exactly where TAF and LSU and the collective what that legality is right now or where it's going to be. But at some point, hopefully, it's all meshed together, and the 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 forces behind TAF and LSU can really be pressing on business owners and people to get involved in a bigger degree.
2: And do you do you direct those businesses, maybe that aren't big advertisers, so to speak, to simply donate to the collective? Is that one way that they can? Oh yeah,
0: it's
1: yeah, yeah I don't know if, you know, they ought to go to bayoutraditions.com and see the website, it's intuitive, it works easily. You can select your different levels and you can get different uh, customizations of packages and access and to marketing and things like that. Yeah, so um, I would encourage as many listeners out there, just go look at the website, right? That's a start. Um, there are lots of resources. You can call LSU. You can call Matchpoint. You can do all sorts of things to get in the game. But we have to get in the game. If you love LSU and you're going to support the Tigers by buying season tickets or watching the TV games, you need to equally support the collective.
0: Uh Another thing that I can't imagine you anticipated happening is you've hired a full-time videographer. (laughs) uh, And, and, you know, we did have Taylor O'Brien as a guest on a previous episode of Rosters to Riches, so I would encourage anybody listening now to go back and and listen to that. His story is incredible in and of itself. But I reached out to you, I don't know if you remember this, as a radio guy via Twitter DM (laughs) uh, when when the Kayshawn story was happening.
1: Yep, I and I just shot you a DM, and yeah. you replied. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, you yeah. replied.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got over 3,000 Twitter followers mm-hmm. now. You've got 16,000 Instagram followers. Do I need to look up TikTok? I, do you know? I, it? Yeah, and they make, they make me do TikToks. I know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, you do. I, I, I don't have any idea how many TikToks. Uh, I you mean, know the Instagrams, the one they kind of tell me the most. 8,300 on TikTok okay. with nearly 200,000 likes as that, well. Yeah, um, Is that good or bad? That's, that's <laughs> I, For... A personal injury attorney who is not yeah. a an influencer content creator. Right. You are now an influencer okay. content creator. Yeah. Is what yeah. you are. Wow. Um, <laughs> why why go? Because you have gone all in on that route. Wow. Yeah, and and not it. not even just with your NIL content, right. but even your your life. There's yeah. you and your wife eating yeah. breakfast, yeah. and and you're telling stories, cooking green yeah. eggs on St. Patrick's yeah. Day yeah. and whatnot. Why why go all in on that angle as well?
1: Yeah, the, uh, you know, a little bit of, of uh, prodding by my staff, the marketing staff, a little bit by my daughters, Riley and Meredith, um, who both work for me. Meredith is actually head of my social media. But, um, you know, we did some TV commercials over the last handful of years. Some people call them the political running for office commercials. You know, there was, are you running for governor and when I release these commercials and stuff? I'm like, no, it's just, you know, I was told that the public needs to see a different side of me, that I'm just not the guy holding the alligator, staying on top of the truck, that I'm a normal guy. <laughs> I, I like normal things. I, I pray, I, I go to church, I married my high school sweetheart. So we released those ads and, and people took to them. They, they liked seeing that he's somewhat normal, right? And so this is just kind of an outgrowth of that since uh, social media and Instagram and TikTok are so personal to our lives. And people are willing to just basically put out there anything. They said, Like, you've got to go there. You, you've got to let people in because this whole new millennial generation, if you want to reach them, you've got to reach them through these mediums. And so uh, we did it and, and um, came across Taylor, and that's kind of accelerated things because the videography component um, is really good. He's mm-hmm. just talented with it and comes up with good ideas. And then we've built out a staff, and now I have an editor, and I've got a I, I call him like a bar back but he's a you know is a guy who just hauls all the stuff everywhere so it's just it's a whole new department that we're building out um you know at our at our company
2: so it's interesting you say that because that is advice that is we, we give to the student athletes you know when you're posting things right. yeah don't just make it the sport that you are posting they want to see what's going on in your personal yes. life what having dealt with so many of these student athletes if you had to to pick, I don't know, one or two pieces of advice uh, about how to present themselves to where they could take advantage of the NIL space, what would they be? Right.
1: Well, well the first thing would be a big disclaimer, right? <laughs> you just you know, whether you want to say don't post anything that your mother wouldn't approve or your or your or your pastor or somebody like there needs to be a big caution thing, yeah. right? And we see it all the time happening to professional athletes and everybody, just really be think about the the what you're putting out there, it's profanities and, you know, the, the don'ts. You don't do the, you know, the guns and the Thank drugs <laughs> and all that stuff. Or look at Flaugé, who's a wonderfully, wonderful, I don't know if y'all know her yet, but her song she dropped, you know, last week and it had reference to 9-11 or Twin Towers. And she's talking about their team and their their two post players, the Towers. And just got a lot of kickback on that. You know, just just have someone help you with your content or maybe check it sometimes. That'd be the first big thing, because I, I hate to see some of these, these, these athletes go down a rabbit hole and get sucked down into the gutter, so to speak, on something they shouldn't have done. But as you pointed out, uh, I think there needs to be a nice combination of your, let's call it the professional side, whatever sport you're playing, and then your personal side. You've got to blend that. Um, people just don't want to see you all the time in that role. In fact, what gets the most likes and the most interest is, The human side, your human story, your human element. Um, So make sure that's coming out. If you have a big personality, let it show. Don't try to be something you're not, because eventually the trolls are going to figure it out and they're going to come after you. And you're really not that, you're this. And so
0: be authentic and and be personal. Mm. You are, uh, you're not, it's amazing listening to all the, everything going on because you're you're far from the guy who back in 2007 was you know deciding all right I want to go run an ad to to like now you have this gigantic operation that's so much more than just law are you are you busier now than you were
1: yeah I'm probably more busy because I have other other outlets other avenues other business interests and it's just not the company, which is now as, you know, as big as it's ever been with offices and number of employees and revenue and all that. But then there are more things inside the company, whether it's like this whole social media thing we do now or it's the NIL. And then you start to take that along with other business interests, whether it's restaurants or, or uh, other ventures I'm doing. Just there, there's a lot. So it's, I'm busier. as But I can, I can do it from anywhere. That's the, the you know, COVID has reorchestrated things for me as a, as a business owner and how I run things and do things. So it's uh, we're much more efficient.
0: COVID taught us that. I, I would imagine with all the different ventures as well, NIL will continue to be a thing that, that you, you play in that space. Have you given a thought to what it looks like over the next 12, 24, 36 months, yeah. even
1: beyond? Well, um, what I hope it, it comes is I can recede to the background a little bit. I've, I've told people that, that I, I, I look at myself as a bridge. From what started or didn't start here at LSU, and we should have, you know, maybe been a little more aggressive earlier, but I got involved, and I hope I'm just a bridge to the next generation, so to speak, the collective, TAF, other people getting involved, and I can pull back. I'll always be there to support it, but I think to really be successful, to battle the roster that Texas is building, to battle USC maybe rising, to battle those schools, you're going to have to be really well-funded. And um, we need more people involved. We need a bigger collective, more prominent collective at LSU to compete long-term. You do, because Georgia, Alabama, A&M, Texas, USC, they're well-funded.
0: We hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Gordon McKernan. As always, we appreciate you for being here with us. Please subscribe up on your favorite podcast app, rate us, leave a review on iTunes, leave your comments, and as always, You can follow us on social media. I'm at Matt Moscona, and you can follow Jonathan Pixley and Matchpoint on any social media platform or by visiting matchpointconnection.com and downloading the Matchpoint app. Until next time, this has been Rosters to Riches.